Hello and welcome to episode number 17. This is Vanessa Growlish and today we're going to talk about the math behind casinos. I am here in Vegas, Nevada and I am very excited today because we're going to talk about, I'm going to um, go over very simple math of what to expect when you go into a casino. We're going to talk about the history of gaming. We're going to talk about the difference between the probabilities, how to read the odds, what is expected value, which the expected value is an incredible concept that you should uh, understand when you go to a casino. And in general, it's a great concept. We're going to talk about superstition versus math. We're also going to talk about the question, can you beat the house? That means, do you have an advantage over the casino? I'm going to just tell you the answer, no, <laughs> you don't. And then we're going to talk about Don Johnson. Um, this is a professional gambler, blackjack player, that in 2011 was able to beat the house and he got $15 million in Atlantic City in a period of six months. Um, was he lucky or was he smart or how did he do it? So we're going to talk about that. Let's start first with where did I get all this information? So I went to the University of Nevada and they have a center for gaming research, Casino Mathematics. And there, Professor Bob Hannon, which he's a professor of risk analysis and gaming, of, uh, and gaming uh, at University of Denver. And he wrote this book called Practical Casino Math. Incredible book where he, um, he wrote the book not for the players, but for the casino managers. He discusses uh, basically the math behind casinos and how casinos can be profitable. So all the math that, and all the analysis that you're going to see here is not for the player, but it's basically how can casinos make money. This is extremely important because uh, casinos are very profitable and, they, and this money also comes back to, uh, you know, well, it's supposed to <laughs> come back to the citizens in one way or another. So casinos are heavily regulated. And math is used to make sure that they are fair and honest. Uh, fairness is described in the book in the sense that when you go to the casino, the player and the house, they both have to have a relationship where, you know, none of them feel that one of them is having the an advantage over the other one and then honest they have to make sure that if you win basically you know you pay you get paid um let's talk about the history of uh of uh, gaming so believe it or not this is not something that is brand new coming to vegas and you know trying your luck the relationship as humans we love to basically play in a constant basis in a constant basis right so we don't think about it but we're in a constant uh, progress or process of going risk versus reward we make decisions thinking okay well rationally we want to make decisions that have a very low risk and a high reward. And this is the reason why when you go to Vegas or when you go to the casinos and you see the slots, right, the machines, <laughs> you what do you do? You just feel like, oh, if I just put a dollar, I have the, you know, the possibility of being a millionaire. So that psychology is what makes us constantly have this risk and reward relationship. And how do we measure risk and reward? Well, we use probability for that. So this is the reason why probability is connected 
to the feeling of how much more I can win depending of, you know, my probabilities or depending of the odds uh, in favor or against whatever, you, you know, you, you are um, having a bet on. So let's talk about, let's start with the history of, um, of gaming. So Native, uh, Native Americans developed games and language, and this is from the book, that describe gambling. They believe their gods determined their faith. So basically, the book says that British colonization of America was partly financed doing lotteries. So I guess the founders of America, we have Ben Franklin, John Hancock, and George Washington, they used these lotteries to raise and then to operate each of the 13 colonies. So how do they do this? Well, they will go and they say, look, we're gonna go ahead and do a lottery, right? Everyone puts a little bit of money and then just exactly how, you know, we're all gonna benefit out of everyone just collaborating. So this is the beginning of what is called voluntary taxation. This is how uh, the British colonization of America started. Between 1765 and 1806, Harvard College, Yale University, Columbia University, and even the American Revolution was founded using gambling, a lottery basically, where you will say, okay, I'll put some money, you know, let's just see, you know, how much, if I can win or not. So lotteries have been used literally from the beginnings of time. They have discovered, the book says that they have discovered dice in Egyptian uh, tombs. So this is a nature, we, we naturally we want to play it, like I said, and this is the reason why casinos are so profitable because we go, we see the lights, and of course, um, there's a social cause with casinos that I would love to do a podcast and do the analysis of addiction and the social cause and the economics on this, because casinos do have to be regulated, and that's what we're gonna talk about, because they can, um, you know, we wanna make sure that they serve their purpose. So let's start talking about Probability. So as we talked before, we describe probability, and let's just go ahead and describe um, probability. Probability reflects how often we expect things to occur. I'm putting the formula um, in the screen. For example, let's say that you have the cars, right? And I'm just gonna put like a simple example. We're not gonna go crazy about math probability, but I just want you to do the basics. So let's say that you have all of these cars, right? Um, you know that there are 52, I'm not gonna count them all of them, but there are 52 cars, they're all backwards. There are 52 cars, and let's say that I want the probability of getting a red car. Well, out of the 52, you're gonna get 26, and that's when you say, okay, the probability of getting a red car is going to be 26 divided by 52. That's just a basic uh, concept of probability. All what you're doing is you're saying, okay, what are my outcomes, or basically the outcomes is gonna be the 52 because you have two 52 cars, and then what are my favorable outcomes? Those are gonna be the 26 cars because the other 26 are black. So probability, like I said, reflects how often we expect things to occur. Um, odds is another expression of probability. However, odds is when you want the relationship between a desired event and a non-desiring event. So when we talk about odds, we don't we say 
So for example, I can say the probability of raining is 30%. The probability of not raining, then it has to be the complement, which is 70%, because 30 plus 7 is going to be 100. Now, odds is going to be the relationship between something happening against something not happening. So you can say my odds in favors are 3 to 1. That means the probability of something happening against the probability of something not happening. Um, it's very important to know that all what the casinos do is probability. That means that when you go, for example, to the roulette, um, let's talk about the roulette. So you can, uh, this is another example that I'm going to be putting in the screen. So for example, the roulette has 38 little slots, correct? And let's say that you want the probability of getting a double zero. Well, the probability of getting a double, double zero is going to be 1 out of 38. But let's say that you want the probability, this is a double zero roulette wheel, right? But let's say that you want the probability of getting a red, for example. Well, there are 18 little, you know, red um, spaces. So that's the reason why the probability of getting a red is going to be 18 divided by 38. Notice that the probability of getting the double zero is much lower than the probability of getting a red. So you might look at this and you might be like, okay, well, that's easy. Um, why do I need to worry about probability if I'm going to be playing and I lose and then I win and then I lose and then I win? And this is the problem when people confuse superstition with math. So let's, let's talk about the expected value. What is the expected value? Okay, the expected value in probability is going to be the following formula. It's the probability of something happening times how much you're going to, you know, if you win, how much you're going to make, plus the probability of something not happening, or basically that you cannot win, times how much you can lose. Uh, all the expected values, as you can see in the screen, that's the formula. The expected value is, this is a very, very important concept in everything when it comes to finance and risk and rewards. For the casino, this is going to be called the house advantage. So let's do, um, let's do an example. Let's say, right, that I want to figure out the expected value of a game in the casino. And when I, what I do is that I say, okay, the probability, let's just put an example um, right here. What is the probability of having a royal flush? Let's just say that you want to figure out the probability of having a royal flush. Well, a royal flush is a 10, it's a jack, it's a queen, it's a king, and then an ace. You have to have those five cards in order, in poker, in order, uh, you know, to have a royal flush. But think of this, there are 52 cards. Out of those 52 cards, you're going to have um, five positions, right? 10, J, Q, K, A, or, you know, jack, queen, uh, king, and the ace. And then from there, you're going to have the, um, you know, you're going to have like four categories. In conclusion, in order to have, and I'm putting the probability right now, a royal flush is four over 2,598,960. Extremely small. So you can see that the, the casino understands this math. The casino understands that the player has an expectation of winning. So this is the reason why we're going to talk right now about the expected value. What is expected value? Is it represents how much money a player can expect to win or lose in a particular wager in 
the long run. Most bets in casinos have a negative expected value. That means the player, you, can expect to lose in the long run. In the long run. So, uh, for example, let's just make again the double zero roulette. Let's say that you have you you bet on the double zero. Your probability of winning is one out of thirty-eight. Your probability of losing is thirty-eight out of 30, uh, thirty-seven out of thirty-eight, right? Now, if I want to do the expected value, just like I'm showing it on the screen, we're gonna do. Let's say that the game, uh, the game is a winning wager or, a, or on a single number, is thirty-five to one, and you do a five-dollar bet. So now, if you lose, which you have a probability of thirty-seven over thirty-eight to lo of losing, you lose your five dollars. But if you win, which your probability of winnings is one out of thirty-eight, then you earn a hundred and seventy-five dollars because remember it was thirty-five to one. That's how the casinos work. So you multiply that five dollars times thirty-five, and that's how you get one seventy-five. But look at the answer. The expected value for the player. That means for you is minus point two six two sixty-three. But for the casino, it's going to be positive. Guess what? That's what we call the house advantage. Now, for every $5 wagered on number, let's say they put number 17, like the book does, the casino will earn 0.263 cents in the long run. We're going to talk about the long and the short run. So just to wrap up, house advantage, that's the term that is basically the expected value of the casino. This is an indicator of the value of a particular game on a bet. So let's say, for example, the casino knows, which uh, for the roulette, let me go ahead and put it here on the screen. This is the house advantage of the most popular casino games. Again, this is from coming from the University of uh, Nevada. And look at this, look at the roulette, double zero, 5.3%. That means that if the casino has a million dollar in wagers, the casino will win $53,000. Think of how many roulette double zeros when you go to Vegas or any casino, they are around. Now, there are two type of games. There's, there are games by chance, which these are the games that you have absolutely no control. And obviously are the games that um, they call them, I guess the average person plays that you think you're gonna have the luck and you're gonna win. Now, look at the screen. The roulette, you have 5.3 house advantage. Perhaps, which is pass, um, pass and come, 1.4%. Blackjack, the average player, we're gonna talk about blackjack in a second, is 2%. But if you're really, 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 really good at it, then the house advantage is 0.5%. Remember, house advantage means how profitable this game is for the casino, not for the player. So what does that mean? Should I play the roulette when I go to the casino? Absolutely no. Look at the house advantage of Kino, which I don't know, um, uh, you know, I have never played Kino, but it's 27%. That's actually the worst game you can get in a casino. Look, if, if, if you can see these popular casino games, like I said, some of them are purely by chance, like craps, roulette, basically something that you can never control because the, the, the thing that, that someone needs to understand when they go to the casino is that no matter what you do, anytime that you, you play, your, if you wanna call it luck or your probabilities of winning resets again. So 
Let's talk about the gambler's fallacy. The book talks about the gambler's fallacy. So these are the most important two myths that we should talk when we talk about casinos and people not trying to behave rationally and maybe not understanding that the casino does have the advantage of, of the long run winning. So let's understand the gambler's fallacy. Assuming, assumes that each game is not independent. Basically, the player thinks in the long run, I'm going to win. So this is the typical guy or woman, whatever, that they're just like going there and they're going and <laughs> maybe the spouse or the friend is like, look, just let it go. Because they keep thinking that if they, keep, they just keep staying there, their luck is going to improve, it's going to change. It's called superstition. Now, then we have the other one, which is called the Martin, Martingale or doubling up procession, progression. I'm sorry. This is when the player keeps doubling to recuperate. It does not work. These two things are fallacies. You can do the math, and again, the casino will win in the long run. So now you can ask me, but Vanessa, okay, I go to the casino and I put a dollar, I did like this to the slot machine, and boom. I made two, three hundred bucks. How come you're telling me that the casino always wins? Yes, that's absolutely true. If you go, you put your dollar, you do the slot machine, and boom, you make two hundred bucks, walk away because the probabilities or the odds were in your favor. But guess what? The average player doesn't do that. They get those two hundred dollars and they say, I feel lucky. They go to another machine and they start going. In the long run, you're going to start noticing that you're going to win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. And believe me, when you do what is called the law of large numbers, this means repeated trials, independent repeated trials, you're going to understand that statistically at the end, those $200 that you make at the beginning, if you did not walk away, you're going to lose them because... When you start doing the math, your expected value will be negative and the house advantage for the casino will be positive. So just so you know, slot machines have a house advantage. Remember, this is good. The, the higher the house advantage, that means the more profitable the game for the casino, but the worse for the player. A slot machines has a house advantage of 5% in Nevada, while in other um, areas, 8%. And listen to this. 70 to 75 percent of the gaming revenues come from slot machines as soon as you get out of vegas nevada of the airport the first thing you see is a slot machine and it's just very interesting because these are the games that you see mostly in all casinos they're very profitable for the casinos and not so much profitable for the uh, player i want to talk about this um this quote this is from Ambrose Beers. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Lottery attacks on people who are bad at math. So can you beat the casino? Can you say, let me go ahead and beat the casino? Well, uh, Don Johnson, which this man understood the math of the casino, he was able to beat the house. Now, was it luck? was a math i think i do have to say it was a little bit of everything because the timing was the timing was 2011 
which maybe that could be a factor. I'm not saying that everything is just math and all that because you do have a probability of something happening or not happening. But the reason why Don Johnson was able to beat the house is because he understood the rules. He actually negotiated with the casino and he put mostly of the rules on his favor. He was able to determine mistakes that the player was making, the player, no, I'm sorry, the, the house was making, and he was able to, you know, kind of have like a, a leverage, I will say. Uh, he won $50 million. I have the breakdown here of, um, let's see, he won, his total profits nearer $50 million. And they hurt, it, it really hurt Casino Profits. He was able to beat, to beat Tropicana out of nearly six million, Borgata out of five millions, and Caesar's Palace out of four million. Um, he was obviously banned <laughs> from the casinos. And I have to really like update myself more with this guy, Don Johnson. He seems pretty cool. But yes, Don Johnson was um, also, he was a manager too on a racetrack. So he, it wasn't like he didn't know what he was getting himself into and all that. So um, I got very interested on, on, on this topic because I feel it's just fascinating. I have never really cared too much about poker. But after coming to Vegas, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should start uh, looking into that because it is fascinating. Poker, blackjack. Um, Pokers and blackjacks are games that you you it, it does require skill you know they require skill they re, they require practice and it's not that easy you know become a professional uh, poker player. I feel the casino um, industry is very important for society. It's also it's like alcohol you know because uh, casinos are heavily taxed casino are heavily regulated like i said before and they you know they do bring a lot of money to uh, society if everything is well done so this is very important that we understand the math of casinos that we understand how they're regulated because casinos were you know also founded by mafias and gangsters and drug money which is you know a good thing <laughs> a bad thing a, a good thing of a bad thing so it's, it's pretty interesting how our nature of, of playing, our nature of figuring out the, the, the relationship between risk and reward is constantly being tested when we are in a casino. I hope you enjoyed today the math behind casinos. I was very fascinated about this topic. I will love to do a more instructional detailed video on this but i felt that i just wanted also to build a video for anyone that wanted just to understand just the basics of math is it difficult math no it's not if you are interested of understanding more about um, casinos and what is called game theory what you need to start is understanding probability understanding odds and it's extremely interesting not only is interesting, it's just fascinating that you're able to understand, you know, these numbers and just make the best choice, to put it that way. I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And again, live from Vegas, Nevada. I'll see you pretty soon back in Florida.